And the second time I went there, it was they did a product launch. Uh-huh. During the launch, it was one week. They made four million in a week. Oh wow! And I was sitting there and watching. I was just watching it. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, okay. I I think I should learn more about this. <laughs> we stand today. The Business Method with a shout The Business Method. The Business Method Podcast. The Business Method Podcast featuring Chris Reynolds. Entrepreneurs, systems, methods, tools, and tactics for location independence. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, people of all ages, welcome to the Business Method Podcast, where we examine the different methods, tools, and tactics of high-performance online entrepreneurs and high-caliber people in a series format. Our first series, we interviewed 100 entrepreneurs in 100 days that had built businesses creating $100,000 or more annually. On our second series, we are interviewing 100 entrepreneurs that have built location-independent businesses that generate a million dollars or more in annual revenue. There's a growing movement of people building these caliber of businesses and we wanted to get behind the minds the logic and the science of what it takes to build a business like this we've had some incredible guests like bobby edwards the founder of squatty potty who built a 35 million dollar per year company with just 17 employees and jp sears the youtube superstar whose videos are going viral all over the internet i'm your host chris reynolds and we hope you enjoy the show the business method i'm always impressed with people that have an idea that crosses their mind and just simply make the decision and make it happen this is is really the process every entrepreneur goes through. Idea, work, result, try again, success, or something like that. Today we're joined by Petra Furst. Petra is the founder of Libystips.com, a seven-figure German-based coaching business. And during the podcast, Petra shares with us the process of being a single mother, deciding to start a business, and how she went from $35,000 in year one to a million dollars in year seven. Petra is a master working with NLP and hypnosis, using these methods on herself to reach success. She also used joint ventures and partnerships often to help her hit that seven-figure mark. She gives us some valuable tips on how to reach out to cold and warm influencers and create partnerships with them. It's an episode with a lot of valuable content. Without further ado, let's welcome Petra to the show. Entrepreneurs, systems, methods, tools, and tactics. Petra, welcome to the podcast. How are you this morning? Hi, Chris. Good morning. Thanks so much for inviting me. I'm doing very well. How are you? I'm fantastic. Thanks for asking. Um, It's a delight to have you on the show. And uh, where are you calling in from? Um, right now, I'm in Vienna, Austria, visiting my family, and it's beautiful spring weather outside and sunny. Now, I know you're a mother, but also a location-independent entrepreneur, so I'm curious, what type of travel, home, work schedule do you normally keep? So, um, I'm, I don't have, like, a fixed schedule. I'm very spontaneous when it comes to travel, and since I'm in online marketing, I, I'm free to go wherever I want to and whenever I want to. So I just came back from London and spent a few weeks in London, um, visiting friends, attending a seminar and just hanging out. And now I'm here and I'm going to uh, Liechtenstein end of the week and then I'm going to uh, Cyprus and then I might go back to Ibiza. So like that's the plan for now. Very nice. And any consistent places you do go every year? Yes, I have a home in, Ibi- in, uh, in Ibiza, mm-hmm. a small place. I'm uh, looking for a bigger one now. I have a place in Cyprus. And I still have a place in Vienna, but which I'm going to um, give back very soon. 
So Cyprus and Ibiza are the main spots now for me. And why do, why do you like these locations? I love sunshine, actually. Ah. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, after growing up in Austria, for me, which is a very, very cold country, so, like, it was, most of the time it starts getting cold around October, and it is cold until April, mm-hmm. and it's, like, cold and gray, and unless you stay in the mountains where you have a lot of snow and can go skiing, it can get really boring, like, at least for me, some people love uh, cold places, but I just don't. So, like, as soon as I could, uh, I was able to get away from Austria, I did go away. And I ch- I'm, I'm almost choose sunny places. And I can imagine with two children, it can be a juggling act with a business travel life and the kids. So I'm curious how you balance those things. And what are some tips for the listeners for and for people that want to be location independent with children, or maybe they are already location independent with children? How do you how do you recommend balancing this lifestyle? Yeah, that can be really tough. And I can imagine that many people who have children would kind of hesitate to um, start this lifestyle because it has a lot of um, challenges or things you have to organize beforehand. And of course, it depends on the age of the kids. So my, my older daughter is now 15. And when I started my online business, she was in ground school. Um, so what's, it was- what's ground school? Oh, sorry. That's it's okay. like she was in third grade. Okay. Okay. Thank you. Meaning like she was like eight or nine. Okay. So, sorry. <laughs> um, that's like in, you know, like in German countries, we call it ground school, the first four years. Yeah. So, um, sorry. Um, so like in, when she was that small, it was very easy to travel together. Because in Austria, you can take your kids out of school. You can homeschool them or you can uh, take them out for a few weeks. I mean, you have to talk to the headmaster first, of course. But still, you know, third grade, fourth grade, that's not that complicated to teach yourself. So I took her out from school and we traveled together. So that was that was easy. And at, uh, I was uh, separated from her, from her father already at the time. And he's very supportive. We are close friends still. Mm-hmm. So and he would also um, uh, let her stay with him if I would go away for a seminar, let's say. So he was very supporting my my lifestyle. So that was easy. And my second child was born in 2014. Um and that was like uh, when she's like when 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 they are so little when they are babies, it's actually very easy to travel because you can uh, breastfeed them, mm-hmm. um, and they like I mean you carry them around basically. <laughs> but now she's like you have seen her last year in Barcelona when I stayed in Barcelona for five weeks with her. She's now uh, three and a half, and now it can get a little bit stressful because she loves to run around and she wants to be entertained. Mm-hmm. So what I do is I always organize a nanny. Last year, I had a nanny who was traveling with me. Mm-hmm. That was very convenient, a very lovely person. And um, now um, I'm hiring nannies wherever I go. So I found uh, there's, there are companies in all big cities. You find nanny companies where you can hire a nanny. Wow. Do you, do you have the name of some good nanny companies, maybe for the listeners? Well, in Ibiza, there that is a really good company. It's called Kids in Ibiza. Mm-hmm. 
they have amazing nannies and they also have like kind of um, uh, places where you can go to with your kids. Like they have like organized small kids places next to nice restaurants and nice bars. So you can go, for example, to Nassau Beach Club and have your uh, kids playing at the kids club there and they have nannies watching them. Very nice. So that's, yeah. Yeah. So, so tell us more about your business. You're an online coach. You've uh, been in business, is it seven years now or longer? It is. I started in 2011. So I started in June 2011. Okay. Very cool. So I'm, yeah, year number eight now. So what, ins- uh, what inspired yeah. you? Like I'm, I'm diving more into the world of understanding um, uh, coaching because I've used coaches for probably – uh, 10 years, whether, you know, at the time having a coach or just a mentor or something like that and really believe in it. But I love the business model for coaches. You know, um, I think it's simple, clean and very effective and helps a lot of people out. Um, so mm. I'm curious, like starting out, you know, you're you're a mother, single mother and you're deciding to jump into this world of Internet marketing slash coaching and I'm kind of curious, like, what went through your mind and, and what are some of the hurdles you went through and, and decisions um, and challenges making those first steps starting a business? Yeah. So, actually, it was because I was a mom that I wanted to have a business that allows me to be at home more mm-hmm. and be more free. I was, originally, I'm a physicist. So, I studied physics and started working at the university um, as a scientist. Wow. Yes, and that was amazing. I really, really love um, science a lot, but there comes the big, big, big but. The thing is, like, when you work at the university, you start early in the morning and you stay late in the afternoon because you have to produce a lot of results, and it's, it's very competitive, and you have to be there mm-hmm. because we had all the... Um, um, laboratory, all the things we needed to do measurements. I was in experimental physics, so I needed all these huge machines. So I had to be there at the university. So then you leave at 5 p.m. or later. Then you go home, you pick your child up from child, from daycare, you go do the grocery, you clean, you you cook dinner, and then, like, then you go to sleep. So your whole day is just filled with going to work and coming back from work, and you don't see your kids so when you have when your kids have a school play, you have to ask, please, can I go and attend the school play? Can I pick my kid up earlier? When your kid is sick, you you can't go to work. And it was like it is not that easy. And they don't even they have to accept it. They they don't like it. They don't appreciate you going home earlier more often than others or not come showing up at work more often than others because you just can't. When your child is sick for a week, you have to stay home for a week. So that was, it was, I feel, I felt stressed and I'm a freedom loving person. So I remember waking up in the mornings and just feeling so awful about going to work. It was such a painful feeling like in my heart, in my chest. It was like, no, I don't want to get up. That was the moment where I realized I have to change. Mm. I have to change my life. I want to spend time with my children. I want to be there when they are young. I want to be there when they learn doing things. I want to. I want to hang out. I want. I want to go out to the park when there's beautiful weather. I don't want to wait until Sunday 
to take them to the park. I want to go out now. So that was that was like the biggest motivation for me to start my own business. And fortunately, I already had um, done all the coach trainings and NLP courses because I did that at the same time I studied physics, but I did it basically for me. I did it to improve my learning skills. I did it to improve my public speaking skills because we had to do a lot of um, speaking at the university, which in the beginning made me extremely nervous. Mm -hmm. I remember in 2007, I was like scared to death. I couldn't like say a normal sentence in front of an audience. <laughs> and then I trained myself to um, become a public speaker and be self-confident. And I did that through the NLP and coaching trainings. So I became a coach without even wanting to become a coach. I just wanted to be, become better at what I do. So when I, uh, um, when I started working at the university, I was not only a physicist, I also was a certified coach and certified NLP trainer. Very nice. And so that was the that was when you first started launched the business. You already had kind of those credentials going for you, right? And Absolutely. okay. And did you have a network that you kind of tapped into, or were you just um, you were just finding a new network or starting from scratch, or how'd that look like? I had friends who had done the coach training as well. Uh -huh. And in 2009, um, I started my first company with a friend who was a coach and NLP trainer. And it was basically a normal NLP institute. Okay. So we were just doing offline seminars together. And that was nice, but we had a lot of competition from the big old companies in the country and they had budget marketing budgets like hundred <laughs> thousands of euros and we had nothing. And we designed our first website just by ourselves, which it looked really terrible. <laughs> and we had like only a few customers and I just realized that um, doing it the old way won't get me that far. And I had big dreams. Right. So, and I I'd searched online. It was, I don't know how I found it, but coincidentally I found the person um, who made like $14 million online. Wow. And I found him somehow on the internet. I really don't remember. Maybe because I was looking for Tony Robbins videos. I don't know how this thing found me. But I watched the videos of this young guy at the time back then. He was like 27. He was like, he's my age. And I was like, okay, if this guy can do it, there must be a way <laughs> for me to do it as well. Yeah. And then I, I reached out to him. I, I read the book, uh, Tim Ferriss' book, 4-Hour Workweek. Mm -hmm. And Tim Ferry says, reach, reach out to famous people and ask them for help or mentorship. And this young guy in the video and was like, yeah, I mean, I just try, whatever. And I found him on Facebook. And Facebook back then was very small. Mm -hmm. And it was easy to reach out to people. And they just emailed him on Facebook. I said, hey, I just saw your video. That's interesting. I want to learn from you. And I'm Petra. And I, uh, I, I can, in exchange, I can help you with some NLP or hypnosis or whatever. Then I was just reaching out to a stranger. Mm -hmm. And the guy responded within a day, very kind and very nice. He was like, hey, Petra, so nice to hear from you. Anytime when you're in California, just reach out to me. We can grab a coffee and I will share my uh, knowledge with you anytime. And I was like, oh, wow, that's pretty awesome. <laughs> Who was the guy, Petra? Uh, it's uh, Jonathan Bart. Okay. I don't know if you know him. He like he used to be in um, uh, network marketing, internet marketing, and now he has a huge company. It's called Power Up. Uh -huh. They do solar energy things. 
it's amazing. Like he's a visionary. He's an amazing person, a loving, kind, wow. intelligent, warm person. And then, yeah, I went to California, actually. Did you go and, there yeah. just, just to yeah. meet him or did you have other business at the same time? I went to a Tony Robbins seminar. Okay, gotcha. And then I was there and I was like, I was just, I just went there. Yeah. And he was so kind and I could stay at his house, let me sleep in the living room. I was hanging out there with all these internet marketing millionaires. Oh, cool. So, and I had, I had an email list with 350 people. <laughs> <laughs> they were asking me. So they were like, and what, which sales funnel did you build? And I was like, uh, what's a funnel? <laughs> <laughs> that was amazing, inspiring. And the second time I went there, it was, they did a product launch. Uh-huh. And uh, during the launch, it was one week, they made $4 million in a week. Oh, wow. And I was sitting there and watching. I was just watching silently. <laughs> I was like, yeah, okay. I, I think I should learn more about this. <laughs> How did you feel when you realized that you uh, were live watching a $4 million product launch? Actually, it was overwhelmingly beautiful and magical. Yeah. And I always believed in magic since I'm a little kid. And mm-hmm. I also believe in the power of um, imagination or visualization, you know? Mm-hmm. I don't, I know I'm a scientist and it sounds like contradictory, but I still believe it. And I was visualizing all these things before. So I was visualizing myself surrounded by these people and it happened. So it was like, it felt like a little bit being in a magical movie. Mm-hmm. for me, and I still believe in that. And I think, I really think it is a very powerful tool. So for anyone who wants to uh, accomplish something or achieve something, dreaming about it and visualizing it really, really works. So you're defining magic as uh, having an idea or a dream and then uh, making it a reality? Yes, absolutely. It's oh, cool. I, I like, you know, I'm, I'm always curious to know and understand the different logics and beliefs um, about, uh, I guess you could say creation or making things possible, uh, or making things a reality from different people. So like you have a great word for it, magic, you know, um, some people would call it alchemy. Some people would call it working with the universe. Some people would call it working with God. Some people would call it, um, uh, just getting shit done and something, you know, <laughs> you know, and it's always funny to, especially in the entrepreneurial world, you know, I'm sure you've been around it a lot. It's, it's funny to say, Oh yeah, I just had an idea and I made it a reality and that sort of thing. And other people, you know, have a different definition and it's, it's kind of cool. Uh, but it is at the same time, like it's, it's all the same thing, you know, we just have yeah. different explanations for it. So, so yeah, that sounds like an amazing story. So, so that was what, after year one or year two when you started your business, when you went out to California and met those guys? Uh, the first time I met them was in 2011. Okay. And the second time I went there in 2012. Yeah. And since then, we are all friends. So I see them every year and we like con- still connected. And yeah, so yeah. I, I, I was able to build a lot of friendships there. You mentioned something earlier, and we were talking over email that um, mm-hmm. in year one you made thirty-five thousand dollars, which I mm-hmm. think is awesome for first the first year. And then you mentioned that it took you seven years to hit your first uh, seven-figure million-dollar yeah. year. 
And, yeah. and then you said in a line that, uh, uh, you know, I know, I know a lot of entrepreneurs do it quicker. And I thought to myself, I thought, I thought, I don't think so. Like, I, I think the majority <laughs> of the entrepreneurs take much longer to hit the million dollar mark. Like, if you're looking at the whole scope of entrepreneurs, I know, like some of the circles that you and I may run around. And we mm-hmm. see a lot of those on we, we here's what I think happens. We hear the stories of the most successful. Right. And so we're thinking, oh, like, oh, my God, it took me seven years to hit a million dollars. Like, that, that's amazing. <laughs> if you were making one hundred thousand dollars a year for seven years, you still wouldn't hit that million dollar mark. And you would be a scientist or something else, you know, going yeah. to a job. And and I always think about that. Like, you know, I've been an entrepreneur, I think, around 10 years going back and forth with different businesses and stuff, you know, but, but it's like, even if I was making a hundred thousand dollars a year, it would still take me 10 years to hit a million bucks, you know, in a job, Mm -hmm. right. Mm -hmm. As an entrepreneur, maybe it takes you more than 10 years, but still you have that unless, you know, as long as you don't give up, eventually you're going to hit that, that one thing, you're going to hit that magical point, right. That, that something changes and all of a sudden, wow, you know, I finally hit my million dollar year or more, you know, whatever your mark is. So I think that's pretty amazing. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, when you're looking back, you go like, oh my gosh, I could have done it earlier Mm -hmm. because (laughs) then you realize it, it is actually easy. Yeah. And that's what the, afterwards. Lot, yes, once you, once you get that that learning curve or, or do it the first time, and it's easy afterwards. Yeah. <laughs> right. You know, but we we have so much so much stuff that gets in our way, subconscious. You know, logically. Yeah. You know, um, yeah. and we don't know what that is, and that's the challenge of it, and why a lot of people don't make through it because. Uh, you have to work through that stuff and dig through that stuff. I'm curious, like what what was the most challenging part of your um, journey over the past seven, eight years getting to this point? Business-wise? It, it could was, be business or yeah. emotional or personal or, you know, whatever. Mm, oh, yeah. Like that was a huge challenge. Um, and I... I was, I, I'm a, you know, I'm a relationship coach, so I do love coaching for women, and mm-hmm. I help them to um, uh, find the, the, the perfect guy for them and live in a happy relationship. So my, I had a huge challenge when I was, I was engaged in 2014, mm-hmm. and I was so happy and everything was so perfect. And I had all these pictures, you know, online me and, and my uh, fiance and the engagement ring. And then I got pregnant and everything was so perfect. Mm-hmm. And I thought, that's it, you know. So now, like, I, I I have proven, you know, like, I'm not only a good love coach, I can apply the techniques to myself. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, after the baby uh, was born, our relationship fell apart mm. quickly. And it was so frustrating to me. And that was a moment in my life where I was really, I hit rock bottom. It was like, okay, what am I going to do now? I'm not able to, um, I, I thought, you know, I thought it was my fault. You know, I was not able to have the relationship and my business at the time, my business was going down. I was actually going back. I made like less than before because my, my fiance was, he was a millionaire. He has a construction business. So I was kind of laid back, getting pregnant. I was like, yeah, everything is fine. And then woke up and my business was doing bad, 
my relationship failed. I had a newborn baby. It was that was the hardest time of my whole life. Wow. And I was doubting myself in all areas. I was doubting myself in business. I was doubting my qualities as a coach. I was doubting my personality. Just everything fell apart. That was really, really tough. When you're um, coaching people to you know, go after their dreams and find their partner, and you're going through a process like that, what are the, some of the things that you do to continue to one like believe in yourself and continue to give good advice to your clients so at the moment when i was i hit rock bottom there was a point where i realized that there's always a way back Mm -hmm. and there was like a voice inside me that said hey you can do it this is just a part of your life it's just a, a time, a phase. And then I was like, well, you know what I experienced with my fiance? Many people experience that. And if I make it back out, then I can tell them about how I made it. And I can be supportive. I can be a role model. I can be more understanding to everyone who has the same, has to go through the same experience. And the major, main thing that helped me to get back out was creating a beautiful vision again so really sitting down and and creating simply a vision board you know sticking pictures on a piece of paper of how you want your life to be writing down how you want to live writing down how you want to feel then asking yourself what can i do today to make this vision become reality and that was that was the the thing that like uh, um got me back on my feet again, actually very quickly. Yeah. Because really, yeah, a few weeks after we broke up and I was there received with the little baby and no money and I was just, I sat down and was like, okay, let's, you know, let's work on that and let I work on myself and I created a coaching program out of that, an online course that is my best-selling product now. That's incredible. And that's actually the product that made me a million. Wow. Yeah. Um, I'd like to talk a little bit about you do a lot of work with NLP and hypnosis, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm a big fan of ML- NLP, neuro linguistic programming for the listeners. Yeah. And um, I'd love to hear your some of your strategies in teaching about NLP to your clients. Um, what do you mean exactly? Which strategies? Well, um, you know the basic of the basics of it is uh, reprogramming our minds to create something else in reality. Is that correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So if I was a um, client of yours, how would you um, explain NLP to me? And then what are some things that you would work on with me to help me? Uh, change the the results that I'm getting in my life okay so if I get asked what what I think what NLP is um, it is a collection of effective methods 
So I just met Richard Bandler last week, who is the founder of um, NLP, because I'm in a personal mentorship program with him. Oh, wow. And he's like such a funny, cool person. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah, he's amazing. He's a genius. And he just said, he said, NLP is not a, it's not a technique. It's not a system. It's just a collection of things that work. He said, I look at things that work and I find out how, how they work. And this is what I teach, nothing else. It's not a science, it's not it's just techniques that work. I found out what, what doesn't work and we stopped doing that and I found out what works and that's what we do. So that's what I would this is how I would explain it as well. Mm-hmm. So it's just a set of techniques um, you use with your mind, with um, images, language, uh, a body posture, and that's pretty much it. And it's actually very easy to change. And combined with hypnosis, it can go even faster. So what I would do with you if you were a client, I mean, there are two um, uh, different things of coaching I do. I do personal coaching, but very rarely um, with people. And if I work with someone personally, it's different than if I'd create an online coaching course. In the online coaching course, I put together um, the content is delivered in metaphors. So I teach a lot through stories because the unconscious mind understands faster and easier if the content is um, put into stories. And it's more fun to listen for people. So that's one point, one thing I do. And when I work with someone personally, um, it's even uh, um, even faster to create change, actually, because I can directly address your um, beliefs. So and I would do it like NLP works basically just through language. It's just talking. So, yeah, I hope that uh, um, makes um, sense. What are some ways that you apply uh, NLP on a daily basis? So, um, what I do is I really when I when I want to change something. For example, I had uh, oh yeah, just yesterday. Two days ago, I did an NLP process um, with myself. It was about um, I want to become better in long-term planning. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I make um, images. So I, first I find out what is the actual image I have of myself planning. And then I realize, oh, my gosh, I see myself like somewhere in the corner on the right side. It's a black and white picture. It looks frustrating and boring. And I'm sitting down and my facial expression is like, oh, I don't know what to do. Planning is boring. (laughs) And when I look at this picture of myself planning, it makes me feel kind of, I don't want to do that. I want to do something else. You know, let's do what I always used to do. Let's just like go proactive into creating another product or doing some marketing or send some newsletters out. But not like, not avoid planning because it just makes me feel uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. So in order to change my emotion to the action I want to um, accomplish, I have to change the pictures I make of doing it. So how would it be if I would like, if I would love to plan? How would it be if planning would actually meet my highest values, which are freedom and fun? Mm. So if I realize that long-term planning would give me a lot of freedom, because I would have so much more time left uh, to do things I love. And if I can make planning a fun thing to do, it would make me more successful. And how would that picture look like? Mm 
And then all of a sudden, I see myself in a big, bright, colorful picture, sitting in front of my computer, having fun, you know, writing down all the plans, using a lot of colors, researching on the internet how I can do the best long-term planning to be successful in my business for the next 10 years. And I learn and I have fun and I create this amazing plan and then I have so much free time. It makes me feel so good. And looking at that picture of myself, big and bright, just in front of me and stepping into it, makes me feel really good about planning. And then you can't help yourself. You're motivated and you just start planning, for example. And you can do that with anything you want to change. Just change your inner pictures and step into the positive, big, bright, colorful picture. Makes sense. So that's, yeah. Can, can you explain, since you're a scientist, can you explain scientifically why NLP works? Well, I think I can't. Not to, not to a point that a, a neuroscientist would say, oh, yeah, that's right. I think if I, I try now, like people who are actually studied neuroscience would, be, would maybe um, criticize my explanation. <laughs> but um, Richard Bandler said, and I, I tried to quote him, you know, like quoting someone is I'm, I'm going to give you what I think I heard him saying and what I, the meaning I gave to it. And now I'm, tr I'm trying to um, quote Richard Bandler. Mm -hmm. So as far as I remember, he said that um, it works because um, our senses, like visual sounds, auditory, kinesthetic uh, um, sense, creates a neurological response in our brain. Okay. So if you... If you want to change the response, you have to change the representation. Okay. And that's why this changing of, of um, visualization works, for example. Or language. Language is also something that triggers um, emotions or physical uh, physical states in your, in your brain. So if you change your language, you can change your emotion. So that's basically it. It makes a huge difference if someone says, oh, I don't want to... I don't want to be so poor anymore. Being poor is such a scary thing. You know, if people talk like that, they're not going to be very motivated to achieve something. And even if they have feel motivation to get away from where they are, they don't know where to go. So it makes a huge difference if you say, ah, I want to start my online business and I want to make, I don't know, like 50,000 a month with my online business through coaching people and helping them to be, uh, get the relationship they want. So it makes a difference because it gives me a direction. So language has a huge effect on our brain and on our emotions. So I've, I've heard it argued about people actually putting the monetary value on the goal. And I've heard both points argued back and forth. I'm curious what you recommend, like you said, making $50,000 a month with a, a business. I'm curious which way you would uh, recommend and why. So, um, I personally um, like to have not only the money goal, but I like numbers, you know, since mm -hmm. I'm coming from the physics uh, um, side, I really love numbers. Numbers are something you can measure very well. So, that's, I think it's, for me personally, it's important to have a number goal, but also an emotional goal. So that could be I help like thousand women to find the love they are looking for, or I help um, ten thousand women in Germany to overcome their 
fear of uh, um, or the pain from past relationships, for example. So I like these emotional goals as well. And I think for me personally, the more aspects the goal has, the more motivated I am to go for it. Mm. You know, so not only it's not only the money point, like because like you're having 50,000 per month, what does it mean to me? Actually, what does it, how does it resonate with my values? So, and having this amount of money makes me free to travel around the world. It also makes me free to do some charity for people I want to support. And then I think, awesome, you know, like the more I have, the more I can give and the more new projects I can start. So one of my new like goals is to start a new school system. I'm not satisfied with most of the schools and I want my little one to go to a really awesome school one day. So I want to create a new school system or like a new a new school basically so that's like a goal i have and therefore a lot of money would be really helpful so it's all connected how does hypnosis play a role in in you creating you working with nlp and in creating results so with my customers i saw that hypnosis was the most effective tool to create change in their unconscious mind and to help them to feel better. So I love hypnosis and I use it a lot in my products and sometimes it's just um, in coaching videos. Um, yeah. And how do you use it? Like if you were going to take either yourself or um, a client through a hypnosis process uh how would that look like what would that look like um well it looks like someone is just listening because all hypnosis is just the use of certain words in a certain order it's just language so basically i would just start talking to them and the unconscious mind would listen because the unconscious is always listening as the conscious mind is but then, you know, while I'm talking to them, your, their unconscious mind can go on a journey and can start remembering resourceful memories, for example, and just feel good. Because, you know, feeling good is something they can access all the time. So hypnosis works just through language. And many people think hypnosis is like like things they do in the TV shows when they make someone, like, <laughs> uh, jump around like a monkey or whatever, you know. This is... Is, is hypnosis, but hypnosis is something that's actually present with us all the time. So people are in hypnotic states during the day, all the time. Remember, like you're driving your car and all of a sudden, like you, you, like you lose time and all of a sudden you realize, oh my God, I'm already gone that far. You're not fully aware. You're in, in the trance state or in a flow state. Mm -hmm. So hypnosis is a very present um, sensation we all experience every day. So therefore, it's easy to go into a trance if you want to or if you're listening to a hypnotist. Is there a time period that it takes uh, NLP and hypnosis um, to work? I, and I guess maybe it's a bit like, you know, working out or working a muscle um, that you get better over time. But I'm, I'm curious if you've seen from your clients and the results in your life, uh, a certain time period it takes until things start to really pick up for that person when they're using either hypnosis or NLP? 
Well, um, when the process was successful, the change is there immediately, right away. Okay. During and after the process. Definitely. But sometimes people need more um, processes. Like when you work on a belief, a negative belief, could be someone says, I'm not good enough. So you work with them and right after the coaching session, they feel like really good about themselves. But then there's another belief that pops up that says, ah, I am too shy to talk to guys I like. Mm -hmm. So then they feel good enough, but still they think they are too shy to talk to people. So you work on the next belief. And of course, the more work you do, the faster um, it goes and the easier it is to change. Because in the beginning, you might come and have like a hundred negative beliefs. And after working through them, they kind of fall apart. I like to talk about beliefs like coming in clusters, like sticking together. And when you start breaking them up, when you're, um, let's say, when you're uh, lucky enough to reach one of the core beliefs in one of the earlier sessions, this cluster breaks apart even faster. Very Does nice. it make sense? Yeah, that makes perfect <laughs> sense. I was just visualizing it while you were speaking about it. Yeah, it makes sense. Oh. um i'd like to ask you you said one of the uh one of the the most important tactics for you in building a business is creating joint ventures partnerships and affiliates um Mm -hmm. what are some of the strategies that you would recommend uh, entrepreneurs that are out there um, say they're building a coaching business and they they are interested in creating more joint ventures or or partners to grow their business uh, any any either personal stories that you've used or uh, strategies that you've used that have really turned out to work well oh yeah and it's like a very important part for me because my whole um success is based my success is based on joint ventures so teamwork is crucial for me and um like it's really important to be a friendly, open person uh, because after all, it's, it's, yeah, it's a business connection, but still it's people and people like to be treated nice and with respect. So like that's the number one thing. And the second thing is like you have to go out a lot. If you just if you're sitting around at home or somewhere at the beach, wherever you are, but if you're not connecting with people in the real world, then you're not going to be as as successful. So going to um, seminars, networking things, like, you know, all these groups you can join now, meeting people actually somewhere and building friendships and connections. That was very, very important for me. So I'm traveling a lot and I'm a very communicative person. I like seminars and parties and this and that and going everywhere. That was the huge advantage for me because people they just know me everywhere and then and then you treat them nice and then there's another thing that I learned from Jonathan actually because he made the four million in a week not by himself he made it with joint ventures and what he said is like you have to make them happy it's not about you it's about your business partner So he, he gave away 50% uh, commissions. And this is what I do, what I did when I started with the joint ventures. I had, uh, when I started with joint ventures, my list was still small. And I was reaching out to this person who is like, we call it a level A player. He has a huge online marketing business. 
everything fully automated, doesn't work anymore, has like a lot, like it's the biggest list in the in the niche. And when you're reaching out to these people and you are very small still and they have a big business, you have to offer something that adds value to their life. So I had to think about like, how can I make him join my my uh, my business? So I offered him 50% commissions on his customers on lifetime. And now when people hear that on lifetime, they get scared. They go like, oh my God, you give them 50% <laughs> lifetime? Uh-huh. You know, I have to give away money for lifetime. I'm like, yeah, because you're getting money for lifetime. Think about this. Without him, there wouldn't be 50% to give away. You know, and I don't care. We are sharing. So, and that's what I did. And he loves me. Like he's reaching out to me. He goes like, do you have another product? When is your next launch? What I can, what can I promote next for you? I make him so much extra money that he could start another business just with the money he made from me. And then people are talking about you. And then like he shares with other people, with his friends. And all of a sudden, everybody knows you. And then it's easy to find new joint venture partners. And this is, it's crucial. This is important. And sometimes, and I have now, now my business is big and people are reaching out to me with small businesses. And that's like, you know, when they, and when they write me an email and they go like, I give you 30% commission for the next six months. And then I'm like, no, why should I Mm -hmm. send my traffic to your page for that? I've built my list. You know, this worth, the list is worth like a few hundred thousand euros. Why should I give it away for a person where I doesn't even know how the sales funnel work, what the return <laughs> will be? And and I mean, I know from, from my experience that actually people make a lot of sales after the first year. Right. It's not, they're not buying right away. Not everybody. Many people, especially when it's higher price product, Many people, they watch you for a year or two years. I have people telling me, yeah, I've, I wanted to join the program already in 2015, but yeah, I wasn't sure, but now I really want to join it. So there's a lot of money I lose if you only give me six months of uh, commissions. So I would never do a, a joint venture with someone who's not giving me lifetime commissions. That's awesome. And, and what does your um, lineup of, of products and services look like now? I know you said your main or the most, the one that's brought in the most revenue was after uh, your relationship broke up and you created a new, was that uh, a membership package? Yes, a membership. Mm-hmm. Okay. About, and what, what was the, about getting over a relationship and starting new? Is that what it was? Um, yes, it is getting over a pain from the past Mm -hmm. because like it doesn't matter if your relationship just ended last week or five years ago many people carry the pain for years or decades with them so you can have a client who is 50 years old and they go like when i was 25 this and that happened to me and because of that i'm still hurting and i cannot trust trust men so it doesn't matter when you were hurt um so it is overcoming all this pain from past relationships. And it's also, I focus a lot on loving yourself mm-hmm. and being like kind to yourself and forgiving because that's what I needed the most. I was such a perfectionist that I like, that I didn't give myself enough love in the moment. Yeah? And that's why I, de- why I decided for, for the wrong partner in the first place. 
because I was not coming from a place of self-love. So this is a huge part now in my coaching, huge part. And then I teach them how to look for the right guy. Because when we are in like when we are in these old patterns and pain and not loving ourselves, it's very um, we tend to um, repeat the same patterns again and again and again. Mm. And then I, I, I'm sure like many people can relate to that, like choosing the same problem again in a different, choosing the <laughs> same partner in a different body. Yeah, you know, mm -hmm. the same person, different body. And, you know, like when that happens to you, after a few times, you should think about um, changing your patterns and changing your beliefs. Do you do one-on-one -on -one coaching also? Yes, but very rarely. Yeah. yeah. Um, say if you, I'm curious, have you ever reached out to an A player uh, from that you don't know? So a cold email or a cold message uh, to an A player that you don't know and made them an offer before? Yes. What's the strategy you use? Has it ever worked for actually? That's the first question. Yeah, it worked. Okay. It worked. And, and what was the, I'm assuming you offered them, you know, 50% for lifetime. But if, if there's entrepreneurs out there, you know, that want to connect with A players and uh, create some joint ventures, what would you tell them to do? Well, I mean, first of all, it's not about you, it's about them. So really find out what their business is, what they are doing, the email yeah. to the level A player you don't know, you, you haven't met before. Um, first of all, like I started with complimenting them on their business mm -hmm. and on how they, how they work because, and that was an honest compliment. So it was about them, I was talking about them. And then I was explaining a little bit about my program, about the offer I make. And I was offering just to make a uh, Skype call to get to know each other. How often yeah. would, would that work for you? Um, I did it once with someone I did not know before and he didn't know me. Mm -hmm. So I told a stranger and that worked out very well. Then there was another person who has had heard about me, who knew me, who is like actually a competition who has like same the same niche and with him he did not want to uh do a joint venture with me so it was a personal decision he yeah no i i think that's great like i i've used it before and and um um sometimes it, it can be you know frustrating because <laughs> you'll send so many out and not hear any back but then you get one and all it takes is that one to really change things so yeah and Saying no now doesn't mean they say no for a no forever. Yeah, you know, true. because yeah, you reach out again next year and go, look, we have a new product, and these people are uh, partnering with me, and maybe you want to be partnered too. Yeah, very true. Well, Petra, I think we're going to sign off. You've uh, given us some incredible, incredible content today. Well, so if the listeners want to reach out to you and learn more about you and what you have going on, where's the best place they can do that? So my uh, relationship coaching business is only in German. Mm -hmm. So for everybody who speaks German, you can go to uh, liebestips.com. So for, for people who speak German, they understand perfectly what the word means. For everybody who is English, it might sound a bit strange. And um, you can find me also on Facebook. It's Petra First, and First is F-U-E-R-S-T. 
Uh, and I'm now working on a new uh, project that's in English, International Hypnosis Platform, and it's called Hypnotify. So the website is hypnotify.com. It's like Spotify, but Hypnotify. Huh. So we're just starting. I don't know at which time you're listening to the podcast. Maybe it's already online. Maybe it's going to be online very, very soon. Very cool. What, is, what does Liebestips mean in, mean in German? Love tips. Love tips. Ah, great. Cool. Yeah, it's an awesome domain name, isn't it? Yeah. Well, but I think, you know, Hypnotify is a great domain name, too. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. Um, okay, we'll put the links in the show notes. Uh, Petra, thank you so much for coming on the show. I think it went well. You gave us some great tips. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you for sharing your wisdom and all your, your valuable content with us. We really appreciate it. Thank you so much, Chris. It was amazing and so much fun talking to you. Yeah. And thanks uh, to everybody for listening to the podcast. Yeah, likewise. Listeners, we're going to wrap up there. Thank you guys for joining us once again, and we'll see you all on the next episode. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye. Hey, listeners. Thanks again for joining the show. We wanted to remind you about our Get Shit Done one-on-one productivity coaching that we recently just launched. What we do is work with you to create big business goals that are absolutely game changers. We make a plan together and put you in our productivity hacking system that helps you stay on target. Each week, you get a call with yours truly about what steps to take for the following week. Some say it's like a year of productivity in just three months. Check out all the details at thebusinessmethod.com forward slash coaching. Thebusinessmethod.com forward slash coaching.